Good morning, Charlotte. Oh, boy. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Four Transplants and a Microphone, where we talk about all things Charlotte, business, moving here, living here, all the good stuff involved. We are joined today by a great guest of ours, who's a good friend of all of us, and we've got some pretty cool topics to talk about moving across the country, business. We're going to do the usual span of things in the small business world and the Charlotte world. So we'll do some quick voice intros across the table. This is Jack Tompkins with Pineapple Consulting Firm. Brandon from Superior Data Solutions. Brian Johnson with Maine & Johnson. And go ahead, Scott. This is Scott Hensley with IPIVX Growth Solutions. Man, he introduced no. himself. But uh, yeah, so Scott is in kind of some of the business circles that we're in. So we thought as a transplant, you know, maybe it's a good fit to have this guy on. Everybody yeah. seems to know him, so we might as well benefit from that. That's true. The, the crusade of how many one-on-ones in the first like month or so? Oh, God. 200-something? No, it, it was 300 and about. Oh, my I was goodness. impressed when months. you were like, I had 25 one-hour meetings yesterday. I was like, yeah. pretty, pretty impressive. <laughs> felt like it. felt like it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I didn't Oh, sleep. thanks for being on, man. That's good. I know we're in a couple groups together and stuff, so it's, it's fun to actually have you on this. But So let's, typical questions to start. Where are you from? I know this is a long answer, but... I'll keep it short. I was born in Indiana and moved to Orlando, Marietta, Toledo, Ohio, back to Orlando, was in Atlanta when I met my wife, and she was born and raised in Charlotte and moved here 11 years ago. Okay. Okay. And is Charlotte your favorite of all those spots? It definitely is. Okay. It's the longest I've lived anywhere, but also my favorite place I've lived, for sure. So did your family do something that made you move around, or just like, let's try this one out, let's try this one out? Uh, yeah, my, my father's the pastor. So. Uh, that, that's okay. right, that's yeah. right, okay. yep, I did know that. That'll do it. Yeah, and, you know, gotta go keep, keep moving. Yeah, <laughs> we've had a few of those, and you know Tiffany Vandermark as well. I do, yes, we're actually doing a talk in August together. There you go. Not, a, cool. not a one-hour talk that fills up your days. Right, like a, like a presentation. Yeah. Yes, a speaking yeah. engagement. Right. That's awesome. yeah. yeah, and good company. We've had Insperity on as well. They're awesome. She was, so she was talking about how she's lived all over the place too, and Charlotte always just felt like home. Because she was, she was Florida, similar to you. I forget it where else she was, but she was five, six episodes ago at this point. But did Charlotte, does that just feel like home base to you now? or? It does. I'm a mountain guy. My wife is okay. a beach bunny, so we're kind of in the in the middle of the two. Compromise. Um, so clear, clearly you go to the beach three out of four times. Right. Probably four out of four, but I get lost on my Harley and end up in the mountains. That's probably how that works. But there you go. Yeah. We do uh, have great riding around here though. That's We do. Yeah. The traffic's getting worse. I don't ride like I used to. A lot of people that uh, I know, that a lot of them drive street bikes, but they all love going up into the mountains and riding. They just name off trails. They go like on day trips two or three day trips that they just go through the mountains and have all these places their name dragon back i think was one of them i'm like dragon sail of the dragon yeah totally. something yeah, like yeah. that that's I was a like, good one sounds dangerous <laughs> yeah i mean i've ridden for 20 years and the first time i did that i it's 300 plus curves and yeah. i don't know 11 miles or yeah. maybe not even that long and man it made me nauseous just all of the weaving around and you know i mean it, it's it's definitely a fun fun place to go and you got to buy the t-shirt at the end but um it, there's a lot of good riding up in the mountains i mean they literally yeah. the bike has to go through the gift shop in order to get help. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please stop that's how, that's how they get you and and all the street bikes pass you in the 
oncoming lanes and yeah. I, I think have a death wish, but it's it's an interesting yeah. ride. That's that's me. There's one, I haven't been to the Tale of the Dragon, but there's one a bit north of it, and I forget what it's called. It's something snake or dragony too, but it's only like 170 turns in 12 miles. Mm. And that one's always just empty. There's like, you'll get stuck behind one person at some point, but there's no like gift shop. There's no big <laughs> signs or anything. It's just, it's so much Clearly fun. Clearly you can't remember the name of it. Like we, you didn't I don't even know what it's called. I didn't even know I was on it until somebody told me like, oh, like you got to check this out. I was like, I feel like I've done that because it's like you're just constantly like back and forth, leaning right. one side to the other, and it's, I mean it's a lot of fun. But did we learn something new about Jack? I was just motorcycle. Say, you ride no, a motorcycle? I, yeah, Robert Aldrich, who, who we all know. That. Yeah, yeah. Did together. not know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean we joke about the scooter no, no, thing, no, no. but right. <laughs> oh, no, no. he didn't drive it. He rode on the back of Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> I took my scooter, my bird scooter, down it. <laughs> Why am I picturing Dumb and Dumber right now? Right. Just go ahead, man. <laughs> Ooh, it's kind of warm. <laughs> okay, so you're mountains, she's beach, Charlotte's kind of the happy medium. It and is, but she was born and raised here. Yeah. So we'll, we'll probably never move, but I, honestly, I, I love it so much, I hope that we don't move. Um, yeah. The people are great, the climate's good, the city's, you know, booming. People actually go downtown, which well, right. And I mean, you've got a kind of a mechanism to stay, I guess, that you put in your life. I mean, you started your own business. So and recently. That's true. Yeah, you know, I, I really did fall in love with the city so much that I realized after averaging 260 nights a year in Marriott's that I didn't really have to travel like that to have an impact on businesses. So they are nice, though. the Marriott's, the Marriott's, yeah. <laughs> full service is the way to go. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, once you get that status, here's a funny story. I, I remember early in my career getting on an elevator and a guy had to use his card to get to his floor. And I thought, oh man, he must be pretty important, you know? Fast forward about 18 years and I get in a Marriott and it's one in the morning, I'm exhausted. I've been traveling all over and I have to touch that because I'm on the concierge floor. And the this elderly lady in the elevator says, well, you must be somebody important. And I said, man, <laughs> You don't want the sacrifice it takes to get the status to be able to stay on the concierge floor. You're just fine on floor 12. Yeah, that's right. Well, and it's funny, is everybody that I've heard, Brian, you, I think somebody, oh, uh, Tiffany, they're like, oh, man, it's, that's the one perk is you get all the special treatment, the business class, first class, whatever it is, and that's the one thing when they have to give that up, it's like, oh, I got to go. I'm living it right <laughs> now. Well, like, uh, this is part of, like, the Ritz-Carlton's thing, but, like, they get so good at understanding who their repeat visitors are. They have, like, they'll they'll get facial recognition. So, like, as you pull up, they'll have somebody at the door, like, oh, Mr. Johnson, welcome back. Like, you wow. haven't even checked in yet. Right. Yeah, they're, that's, how, that's how important it is to them to make sure the people that frequent their places always pick them. Wow. call that creeper status. Well, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Any, any other time you try to do that, you get a restraining order. But yeah. <laughs> hey, I call it building a brand. I, yeah, I mean, I you know what to yeah. expect if yep. you go to a Ritz and they deliver. Yep, they every time. Go above there you go. Yeah, but like that's that's kind of the thing is you don't, you get that, that's the benefit of all those points or miles or whatever you want to call it. But then the trade-off is, is like the frequency, the fact that everybody yeah. knows your name. I mean, you're like, you're, you know, George from Cheers. It's like, or uh, no, Norm. Norm, it's George Norm. Wayne. Norm from Cheers, but like, you know, you just walk in and everybody's waving to you because they recognize you. 
crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate to admit I earned that status at the local Waffle House when I was single <laughs> living in Atlanta. Nice. Oh, man. You don't want them knowing your name or starting your meal when they see you pulling up. That's that not is, a good thing. That is not the concierge floor at the No, it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to jump off something you said, building the brand at Ritz-Carlton. So you recently started the business. Tell us about the business a little bit and then how you've been building your brand. Yeah, so my a majority of my career has been in sales and sales leadership, and I was fortunate early on to join a startup medical device company. And we, over time, I was there 14 years, but we went public, grew the business to 800 million in revenue, and I was fully vested and decided it was time to move on and do it again, right? But come in at an executive level. So did that and built everything from scratch from the the sales team to the comp plans and the customer service team. And we really put the processes in place that helped us grow faster than the company was able to sustain. And then once I left there, COVID hit. And that really made me, like a lot of people probably do some self-reflecting on what's important to you in life and do you really want to live in hotels and so I decided to start my own sales consulting business and help small to mid-sized companies locally and really nationally but build and implement all those you know processes infrastructure help them with hiring the right sales talent um, getting the right comp plans to drive the behavior they need to grow their business so really you know helping them in all areas of growth in their business but mainly sales focused Gotcha. Well, it'd be generally probably, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Helping them be generally awesome. Generally awesome. Yeah. Well, it's probably right about COVID when the when the Marriott stopped calling, saying we haven't seen you in a while. You're right. Like, oh, well, screw this. I'm going to do something else now. But they stopped calling. Yeah, but. we we are going to see my daughter who's performing on a cruise ship in September, and so we went on to look at you know getting a hotel before the the cruise leaves and. I was like, man, it really sucks not having status or points anymore. To, you know, just pick the closest one, and who cares? Let's so go. I'm still so burning through points. Oh, you are? No. Oh, but I have, I, like, they held my status for five years, hmm. basically, after it was really legitimately, like, the start of this year is when they informed me that I would no longer be holding. First, they held, like, they have platinum, I think, is Marriott's top, hmm. something like that. Held platinum for like two years, and then they were like, "Well, we'll hold gold for two years." Well, we have COVID. We'll give you an extra year on platinum, and then it's like, "Yeah, you're just an average Joe now." Yeah, yeah. we don't care about you. You're yeah. rust now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of went through the same cycle, but yeah. So, you know, it's it's been great. You know, not to mention just building a referral partner network and meeting other business owners here in Charlotte. I mean, I've I've been blessed I think to meet over 300 that are really well connected in in the area and have been very generous with their time and you know making other meaningful connections for me so it it's been fast track I'd say that's good that's yeah. what you want I mean that's and then it's cool to go and meet like the town you just get a, you get a very good feel for the small business scene by having the one-on-ones and going to the networking events and stuff like that and I'm sure you found this too, but it's it's a very like we're all there's no zero sum game. We're all helping each other, and so there's a lot of collaboration, not a lot of competition, which we've talked about on this podcast right. before. Well, and you figure out real fast who's yeah. into collaborating and who's got a scarcity mindset, right? Right. I I definitely don't share the scarcity mindset. Yeah. No. Right. You can be in the same industry, and there's so much variety and flavor of customers right. and everything else. Absolutely. Right. You're not going to touch the same. Same client base. Exactly. Especially with sales, too. Who doesn't need sales? And like we, we were talking about this the other day. Like Most small businesses, are, they're referral-based for the most part, but that's very hard to project. And so... Don't say. Right? 
<laughs> trying to forecast that out in any way, it's, it's tough. So when you want to take that next level, you need more of a concrete sales plan team organization whatever well and then even just mentioning like forecast that out oh well that's a concept too right yeah <laughs> like that's, that's not fair. everybody's even at that level you yet. can do that yeah, yeah. right we're we talking about the weather still yeah. <laughs> that's, what my, that's what my cpa tells me yeah you mean building a forecasting model that's more accurate than the weather <laughs> yeah yeah which shouldn't be hard to do no no as a matter of fact, I think they need your services. They might. I think I should go knock on the Weather Channel's door. Could, could you imagine if a business were run by that forecasting model and it's like, <laughs> well, we think there's about a 74% chance that it could, that income could come in at some point this month, and it may only last for about two minutes. Right. <laughs> but I would still be right 75% of the time. I always thought it was 10% of the area gets rain. Yeah, this is it's just all cover us. Seventy yeah. percent of the time it works every time. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Give me ninety percent sunny and a recession proof this week. Oh sorry, we were wrong. Whereabouts of where in town do you live? We live on Lake Wiley. Okay. Uh, the new river district that they're building out off of Dixie River Road is uh, I don't know how many hundreds of acres they've already cleared out, but it's well underway. A phase one I think it's going to have a hotel, 47 homes, and some apartments, but it's right off of West Boulevard, right by the airport. Did, okay. did anybody else hear, like, Russell's voice in their head? I did. It's not a lake. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a wide spot in the river. <laughs> well, technically where we are, it might be the river. We would never say we live on the river, but it, right. it might be the top it, of it. It at least it's, feels like a lake, whether it's... Yeah. We're on a, we, are, we are on a wider spot. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the water, full stop. I, I can't hit a driver and a golf ball from our, our yard to the other side. Not if you shank it wide right, especially. <laughs> Take on the whole lake. Right. <laughs> Not that That's, I've done it. Right. That would be totally irresponsible. <laughs> Try it. I usually come up about 40 yards short. So, so um. for listeners listening, there's... I would say two main lakes. There's Lake Norman, which is kind of by Brandon up north, and then there's Lake Wiley, which is where Scott is, which is kind of southwest of Charlotte. Like it's on the other side of the dam. It's on the other side of the dam. There you go. Commute-wise in there, everything probably about 20 minutes to get to anywhere, right? It, it really is. So it worked out. I mean, when we moved there, I was getting on an airplane every Monday, and, and so it was literally a $10 Uber, and I mean, I never even had to drive and park, but... But yeah, I mean, now that I started my business, I can be in Ballantyne in 20 minutes. I can be in South Park in 20 minutes. I can be uptown in 18 minutes. I can be in Belmont in 18 minutes. Right. Mount Holly's about 15 minutes. I mean, it's it's really centrally located. Yeah. But it hasn't been developed until now, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's kind of cool. I like that wherever you go on the outskirts, like you just accept that it's going to be 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes if you're a little bit outside. But that's just what it is. You accept that, and then you're good to go. And I, I, it's one other thing, too, I mean, just that we've got you talking about business and, and locality, and you kind of listed off the places you're near. I think one of the things that's interesting is your, when did you start your business? It was? Last November. Okay. So you've got nine months, 10 months? Mm -hmm. Okay. And like a lot of people, like you get into that, that starting mode, and we've talked a little bit about this, but like your first notion is, I've got to build, right? Mm -hmm. So you're out like meeting as many people as possible. And how's your experience been with that as you've kind of, as it's gotten, you know, closer to that year, where's your time in that realm versus where you want it to be? So when I started, I'm a, I'm a big people person. I, maybe my sales, you know, background, but 
I, my goal is literally to meet everyone in Charlotte. I just think it'd be great. I love hearing people's stories. I love hearing where they're from, what they do, all of that stuff. But I realized when I had all of these one-on-ones very, very quickly that I didn't need to meet everyone in Charlotte in six months, right? And so after I met the first 300 in the first three months, I realized it was great, everyone's helpful, but I really needed to go deeper than surface level, right? I mean, you have a 45-minute coffee meeting with someone. You need really just kind of get to know what they do a little bit. And so I circled back with the top 30 to 40 that I connected with or that I felt like there was a lot of synergy and had next-level meetings and understood a little bit deeper about them and their business. And that's truly when the client introduction started happening. Well, and and the reason I brought this up is I I know a lot of our listeners and our audience probably would say they're not great at networking naturally. You're probably somebody who's better at it than the typical person. Like it's, it's probably something that if you put more energy to, it would produce results quicker than the average. And you're even saying that, that one-to-one, you know, one-to-one and as many one-to-ones as possible, but you never get that second or third kind of scale in meeting to really understand somebody like even you're saying that's not the way to go and you're probably somebody who does better in that realm than most people yeah i thrive on that i really do like i said i I enjoy meeting people and hearing their stories but the challenge really becomes are you meeting just to meet right or do we at least even run in the same you know vein of business right and so I started limiting some of the, hey, you're a great guy, and this is a great guy, you guys should meet. You know, okay, but why? Right. Right. I'd love to meet you, but are we meeting to have a drink, or are we meeting to figure out what you do and how I can compliment your business, right? right. You, uh, you have an hour free on your calendar, and you're hoping I do too. You know, right. right, right. So, yes, I, I mean, I do. I thrive in those, you know, sort of extrovert environments or, you know, just getting out. Um, but it's definitely not the most, the shortest distance to building a business, sure. I would say. Now, the interesting part of this, too, though, is a lot of client introductions have come from people that you would never expect, right? And you may have seen that, too. It, and it may not be the people that are constantly bringing you in to, to work with their clients. But and at least early on, there are people in different fields that I would have never expected to be a good referral partner that have been. So I think early on, when you're building a business and building yeah. those relationships like it can't hurt but at the same time you have to be intentional yep so, i think that's a good summary sorry Brent, no, go ahead. i was so when you're going out and i would say meeting people and doing those what's your approach to even getting a meeting to get to talk to somebody like when you said you did 300 you had a, obviously a, a method to it yeah definitely it so it's different if i reach out to you and say hey, I want to meet with you to see if you have any clients you can send my way. I'm building my business, right? Like that's, so does it sound like that's this? That's kind of a, <laughs> right. Pretty much a turnoff. I don't know too many people there that are going to go, great, I don't have anything else to do. Right. I'm free, yeah. Um, and so it, with my intent genuinely being I'm looking for referral partners for areas outside of my expertise, most of the business owners I work with need help in every aspect of their business, right? And so if they need help in marketing, I need some really good marketing resources that I can refer in because I don't want to do marketing. I've done it. That's not what I want to focus on. Or if it's IT, right? Like That's not my cup of tea. I, nobody's cup of tea. I, right. I need, I, right. I genuinely need <laughs> referral partners so that I can be a, a trusted advisor and valuable to my clients. And so my approach literally was, 
hey, I noticed you're in the IT business, you have your own you know, company, would you be open to an introductory meeting? I'd love to learn more about you and what you do as a potential referral partner for my clients, right? Who, who's going to say no to that? Like you, a lot of people, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't experience it, but... I mean, are you reaching out on LinkedIn? What do you... Mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Wow. Yeah. You were successful? All right. Using LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Okay. Um, you can put the filters in, find, you know, exactly who you're looking to meet with, narrowed it down to business owners, and you'd be amazed. I started with within five miles of my own zip code, and there's hundreds of them, which... I, I wouldn't have thought that close to me. There'd be hundreds yeah. of small business owners, right? But you can look at employee headcount, you can look at revenue, you can look at industry, and once you build a filter, and if you save it on that platform, it'll constantly populate new ones that, right. that show up, so it takes a lot of the legwork out it, of it. We, we use it to not quite as successfully as you have, but we just started using it more effectively. And it, it, it works, but it isn't something, it's kind of like anything that you're going to do, you can't slow down doing it once you start being successful with it you just got to keep going it's like when people are like well i don't need to network in my business anymore oh yeah you will in about six months when you have no pipeline that's it yeah and so you can't you can you've got to commit that i'm either going to make this a part of my business or i'm not i'm just not going to make it a part of my business until it works and then stop it yeah yeah i will say this though with two and a half months of me doing that you know once you find the right type of referral partner and all the people that are networking for the same reasons you are they're open to sharing other top referral partners that they have and so that one initial meeting turns into two other meetings which those turn into two other meetings apiece and within two and a half months i shut linkedin sales navigator off i didn't need it anymore we've talked about this on a different episode and it was the the conversation around if you were to go out and had your choice you could get one of the two would you rather get a customer from a conversation or get a really good referral partner from the conversation? I mean, I take the referral partner every time. I said yeah. most people yeah. would, but, I would but imagine. You'd, but you'd be surprised at how they approach it when they're, nat- when they're using Sales Navigator, they're trying to sell. Yeah, And That's instead right. of trying to connect and say like, maybe, maybe there's a way I can help you, like I got a pretty good network. I mean, I know you, Scott, have a pretty good network already. You know, how could I be of service to you? And you know, that's a much easier way to make the connection. It's a long game. You're yeah, building a sustainable exactly. business. You're you not get enough for referral partners. Right. right. Something comes in. Yeah. yeah. So. And, and I love it coming from the sales guy too. Of you're building the sustainable business, not like ooh, like let me make sure I hit budget this month. That's. Oh well, you have to realize a lot of my background came from an 18 month sales cycle. Oh. Okay. So All right. when when I came across sales reps within the organization that had that very transactional within 30 to 60 days, they yeah. were kind of off to the next thing. Like you might be great, but this isn't the right fit for you. Right. right. Like you I, have right. to build that longer term complex, you know, sales. And ours strategy. was 24 to 36. Yeah. So, I mean, cause it took a lot of technology and time just to get a sample product to and even that, then be able to talk about selling, but you have to pre-sell, like you've got to sell concept, you got to sell ideation, you know, through the process, but selling in stages kind of pun- punishment. Yeah. I mean, you are by the time yeah. you by the time you close that five million dollar deal. It, right. You're yeah, like, I, I might it, have had time to set the deal up to make the next person successful after I've got. Well, I didn't get fired, but moved on to like a different role. But essentially, it's the same thing. Like, well, that had been a great bonus. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I'm not going to see. Right. By the time you get the paycheck, it's just all of the 
all of the landmines you navigated through the whole process to ultimately win the deal, that feels as good as the paycheck. No, we all yeah. have bills to pay. But yeah, it's, I've always had kind of the long-term Yeah, mindset, I mean, though. your yacht's not cheap, man. I mean, that's <laughs> true, man. You know how much fuel that thing guzzles? These days, that sucks. <laughs> On the river. That, that bass boat, huh? You're, you're yeah. right. <laughs> that pontoon. That little skiff. Tiny, tiny little trolling motor is about all I can. Yeah, so you don't take the approach of connecting and immediately sending a, how can I build your website? I love so that issue, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we all love getting the pitch slap, don't we? Where somebody just connects and turns around and just slaps you with their pitch of what they're trying to sell you. I mean, I've never known that to work. And I, I do my best to try to give them feedback on how they could take a different oh, really? approach. That's, I, I really that's do. That's like, getting, that. that's like getting the number and sending the slick pick right after that. <laughs> Yes. I, I do try to coach and I'm, I'm human. I have my off days too, where I just get so irritated. I'll fire back. Thanks for the pitch slap, which I did. And then I felt terrible about, so I don't do that anymore, but it just doesn't work. I've never known anyone. And, and you can be excited about what you tell you're blue in the face, but you have to approach it the right way. Yeah. There has to be some kind of genuine connection, not right. Oop, number. Right. And that's, yeah. we, we've had LinkedIn centric episode before, and that was a big thing of just like, hey, like, knock on your door. Hey, like, can I sell you this immediately? And I think maybe if we're highlighting business tips, if you're going to do that, and if you're going to go use your navi sales navigator within LinkedIn and make as many connections as possible, look for referral partners, not a client. You got to have a giver mindset. Yeah. You yep. literally want to try to outgive everyone that you're encountering. It will all come back to you later, but if you do it with a selfish intent, everyone can see through it. But if you're literally trying to give and help, there have been a couple of really, really key people, I will say here in Charlotte that I had an initial meeting with. And I, I mean, they were one of my very first referral partner conversations. And they're like, man, you're just getting started. I, let me make a list. There's about four people I want to introduce you to, like completely selfishly. And at that point I had nothing to offer them, you know? Right. I mean, like, I, I don't even have other referral partners I can send to you, but thank you so much. But I just found there were a lot of people that here that are willing to do that. Yep. And so now I try to return the favor, right? Like yeah. I want to get to know someone's business, who their top referral partners are, and then say, do you know these two or yep. three people that are in that same space? Let me connect you. Yeah. Right? And that is a very Charlotte thing too. Yes. Yeah. Hey, it, I'd love to connect you. Yeah. It, it, no, no, go ahead. It, no, no, that was it. That it, was, it, yeah. it throws, it throws <laughs> me off because I've met people like that where, and I think we had talked about it when we had kind of our one-to-one -one is, it's like you meet somebody who's like, oh, let me introduce to, you know, who would you be interested in meeting my client list? I'm like, man, that's just freaking me out, right? Like, like you don't even really know me. Like, why would you go out and introduce to all of your clients? Like, I, I, It's so nice that it feels like a trap. It almost. does. It, it, it's a trap. <laughs> I've gotten that too. What's the catch? Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Or I've also sent that and the same message. Like, hey, I'd like to learn more about your business as a potential referral resource for my clients. And they're like wow, someone using LinkedIn for what it was designed to be used for, right? So, yeah. And it's funny in the LinkedIn thing with the meetings or setting up meetings, I had actually sent out probably about 30 or 40. And I just said, hey, look, new to the area, looking to meet business owners in my local, you know, I live in Mooresville, looking to, you know, find business leaders and just make a connection. That was it. I got zero response on that. And I was kind of surprised by it. I was like, I'm not asking for anything. I'm not looking for anything. Just like to meet business owners that are, you know, in the area, in Mooresville. Like I targeted just Mooresville hmm. and zero. Yeah, it's funny. I got one of those today and I didn't 
accept it either. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. That was Brandon, by the from way. Brandon, right, from Brandon. I thought your name looked familiar. Yeah. I just didn't realize but, it was you. And, but that's, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, and, and it came from a genuine spot. Like, I, I'm not out to find out, you know, trying to take business or get business. Just, you know, I'm fairly new. I mean, I've been here for four years, but I've never actually gone out and targeted business, not targeted, but gone out and tried to connect with businesses in, in Mooresman. So, I mean, the best thing I've done is probably the, like, chamber, going out and meeting people through the chamber. It's a little more natural conversation. Right. I mean, that's where I met yep. Kurt. And yep. Yeah. The more natural, the better. I think we might have to end I, on that I point. can help you tweak your message a little bit. There you go. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him selling over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Scott, thank you so much, man, for coming on. This is a blast. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Likewise, thanks for having me. And thanks to the Fox and the Hound of North Lake for, uh, for hosting us. They're always great. And uh, we will see you all next episode. If I had a perfect day, I would have it start this way. Open up the fridge and have a tall boy. Yeah. Then I'd meet up with my friends. Head up to the game.